0: Welcome, everyone, to the Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. I'm Paul for your host. And today we're actually going to do sort of an additional podcast on the new Emergency Relief Program, the ERP, that's been just announced this week by FSA. Again, that's the program that sort of was the $10 billion that was released. Back in late September of last year, it's designed to enhance the old WIP program, the wildlife or wildfire, hurricane, et cetera, program. Uh, And now it's really been expanded to almost all farmers that have been affected by some type of weather event. Um, There's been additional guidance. Well, not, not necessarily additional guidance come out, but we've had some additional questions that have been Brought up. The American Farm Bureau actually had just released a, uh, a post on it. Uh, it's a very good post. I would definitely re- recommend going there to get some additional uh, details. But what I wanted to cover today was some of the stuff that I did not cover in the original podcast. First, uh, the one I think that I really should uh, stress is that phase one really is for those farmers that in either 2020 or 2021 received some type of indemnity under crop insurance. If you did not receive an indemnity, you will not be covered under phase one. You will then be covered under phase two. So if you got a crop insurance payment either in 2020 or 2021, likely you're going to qualify for an enhanced payment. You almost automatically are going to qualify for an enhanced payment under the ERP program. Now, if you did not receive a payment, that will then be determined under phase two, which has not been developed. Who knows when it's gonna be developed, but likely it's gonna be sometime late in 2022. It could even go into 2023 based on the fact that it took uh, FSA at least almost, what? Not quite nine months, eight months to get this released. Uh, Just on phase one, uh, who knows how long this is gonna take. So the key is, If you did not receive a crop insurance payment in 2020 or 2021, you are not going to get any type of application, automatically application from the FSA office. Also, we've gotten some questions on prevent plant. Uh, you know, the assumption was that prevent plant or replant, those type of payments would not qualify. There's nothing in the fact sheet, and again, we haven't gotten the regulations yet, but there's nothing in the fact sheet indicates that you won't get a payment, and you got to remember, under crop insurance rules, if you are at the 60% level versus the 85% level, your payment for prevent plan or replant is going to be different. Uh, so, therefore, the the new percentages. So, at 60%, you're going to be at 85%. It is likely that a prevent plant payment that you received in either 2020 or 2021 you're going to get an additional payment. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't worry about that. Now, if you had excess of water, but you didn't qualify for prevent plant, or you didn't sign up for prevent plant or whatever the reason might be, that payment, whatever it might be, will be part of phase two. So that's something just to be aware of. Now, we've also gotten some questions about the uh, payment limit. Uh, there's this, uh, I think, misunderstanding that there's one payment limit for 2020 and 21 combined. No, there is a separate payment limit for each crop year, just like there is a separate payment limit for ARC, PLC for each crop year. So it's the same for ERP. There is a separate payment limit for 2020 and 2021. Now, what is not separate, what is combined is phase one and phase two added together? There's the payment limit. So let's say you received hundred thousand dollars under pay, uh, phase one, and you're in the non-specialty crops, and then under phase two you qualified for another fifty thousand dollars of payments. That hundred plus what fifty is a hundred fifty thousand. You're only going to collect twenty-five thousand on phase two. So the combined amount is the maximum amount you're going to get. Now I think I probably on the underserved, the historically underserved farmers. You know, those are the beginning farmers, the you know the disadvantaged farmers, the veteran farmers, and so on. I originally said that they'd get a, a extra fifteen percent. Uh, the reality is I understated that. Uh, instead of being paid at seventy five percent, because again, remember when you go through the calculations, you're paid at seventy five percent of whatever the final number is they're gonna be paid at 90%. Uh, So I had done an updated blog post on this, and let's assume that the farmer, this this uh, underserved farmer, qualified for a $100,000 payment. If they weren't an underserved farmer, they would actually get 75,000, 75%. 115% of that number is $86,250. The farmer's actually gonna receive 90,000, so they're gonna get an extra $3,750 Versus what I had originally said, where I said they get an extra fifteen percent. It's not they get an extra fifteen percent; they get an extra fifteen basis points, so to speak, when you do the calculation. Now we come down to I, I think what we'll spend a lot of the time on this blog post on. Well, maybe not that much time, but probably a good solid five minutes. Uh, under WIP plus there was always the provision that if a farmer had more than 75% of their agi from farming versus total agi that they qualified for an additional payment limit so so we know under under erp if you're a specialty crop it actually goes from 125,000 up to 900,000 if you're a non specialty crop you go from 125,000 to 250,000 So you would qualify for 250 dollars if more than 75% of your AGI is from farming. Now, this is not gross income. A lot of farmers think, hey, it's my gross income from farming. No, it's adjusted gross income. So if we're talking Schedule F farmers, you're going to take that income off of Schedule F. If you have, let's say, self-employment tax related to that, if you have uh, health insurance related to that, Uh, There's various other deductions that we then have to deduct from that income to arrive at, quote, farming, uh, AGI from farming. Now, it includes other items of income, too, such as gains on selling farm equipment. Now that those are taxable, that's something that we have to calculate in there. So we as CPAs have the ability to write a letter to the FSA indicating whether the farmer has income from farming that's greater than 75 percent it's right in their handbook the handbook 6pl i think on page 6-82 and 83 don't quote me on that but it's somewhere in that section there is a letter that we as cpas work up now our firm in the last year probably worked up 50 of these letters for the more than 75 percent from agi so this is something we're used to doing Uh, the handbook on what the definition is is a little bit vague I, I think FSA relies on us as CPAs and attorneys, because remember, it's a, it's either a CPA or an attorney has to determine this. It isn't the taxpayer. Or it isn't the farmer. It's we as the preparers determine this. And then we either, an attorney may be able to sign that form. It's form FSA-510 is my memory right now for this program. Uh, there was another form for WIP, WIP Plus. Um, but we as CPAs can't sign that form so we have to prepare the letter and and again our firm has done lots of these so we have uh, this ability for the farmer to write up this letter now a lot of situations we have is where the farmer you know because of bonus depreciation or the fact that 2016 through 2019 because remember it's a 3 year average for the 2020 crop year 16, 17, and 18 average for the 21 crop year, it's 17, 18, and 19 average. And for a lot of farmers, those weren't necessarily the best, best farming of all time. Also, many farmers have a spouse that works in town. Perhaps they're a teacher, whatever it might be. And there's nothing in the handbook on this. And so I'm 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 sort of letting you know what I think the answer is, and we're going to try to get clarification. From FSA on this and I'm pretty sure I'm correct because remember under the AGI limit rules so currently there's a $900,000 AGI limit so your three-year average can't exceed $900,000 of AGI however we as a CPA or as an attorney can draw up a letter to the FSA that says if the farmer filed separate not required to file a separate return, but assuming they filed a separate tax return, what would be their AGI? So for the husband and for the wife, for the, for one spouse and for another spouse, what would be their income? And for those farmers that are in community property states such as mine, Washington State, Idaho, California, Texas, uh, Nevada, et cetera, there's, I think, is it nine or 11? I, I think it's nine, but it could be 11. 11 states, most of them west coast and all the way over to Texas, Louisiana, and then Wisconsin. Uh, Essentially the AGI limit then becomes a million eight. And what do I mean by that? In that situation, the husband, let's pretend like it's a husband automatically gets half of his income and half of his spouse's income. And then the spouse automatically gets half of the husband's farm income and half of their income. That's how a community property works. So in that case, As long as the combined AGI is less than a million eight, then they automatically both qualify for programs. Now in separate property states, it's a little bit different. In a separate property state, we have to look at what is the income for the husband? What is the income for the wife? Or what's the income for one spouse versus the income for another spouse and and whatever that is. So in that case, the limit is somewhere between 900,000 and a million eight, just depending on how the income is allocated. Well, on this more than 75% of farm income, AGI, we should be able to work up the same calculation. If the husband filed a separate return and if the wife filed a separate return, I'm gonna use husband and wife, that's just easier for me to use those terms. um, What would their AGI be from farming? And in our blog posts that I just posted on Thursday, the 19th May 19th, and you're probably getting this uh, on Tuesday, the 24th, uh, the example I used is we had Bert and Elena. They are farmers living in Iowa. Bert has average AGI of $50,000 for both crop years 2020 and 2021. That I just used that as an example. Now, Elena teaches in town, very, very common, and receives wages of $50,000 per year. They also have some other income, some interest income, dividends, capital gains, whatever it might be, of about $6,000 per year. And that's joint, that's 50 50. So, in the FSA system, Bert's combined, the combined for Bert and Elena is that Bird's income from farming is only 47% of combined AGI. Therefore, they would not qualify for the additional payment limit. However, if Bird had filed a separate tax return, then his AGI would be 94% from farming and he would qualify for the additional payment limit. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure that this is correct. But we're going to need to get some clarification from FSA to determine if if they agree with this. Now, FSA typically leaves it up to the CPA and the attorney to determine AGI rules. Uh, You know, FSA is not in the business of writing tax laws. Uh, They're relying us as CPAs and attorneys to determine what is AGI. What is the AGI from farming? Um, the, the handbooks are very, how do I want to say this? The the handbooks on this is not, they're not a lot of great detail, and the detail that's in there is worded not the best. I think that's probably the best way I, I can say it. So I think for those farmers out there, that when they look at their combined tax return and then they're a separate property state, I want to underline this does not work in a community property state community property state, you're going to be stuck with that tax return on a joint basis because remember, one spouse gets 50% of everything, the other spouse's income and vice versa. So this really doesn't work in community property states, but certainly in the key separate property farm states, Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, um, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, um, you know, all of those states were they're in a separate property state, and they may have, Mont, uh, I, uh, Montana might be community, I can't remember, but the Dakotas, they're separate property states, and they're the ones for sure that got crop insurance proceeds in either 2020 or 2021. This is a big deal, because uh, remember, uh, many of these farmers that have a decent size operation, it doesn't have to be a huge operation, but a decent size operation, they're going to blow through that $125,000 limit fairly quickly. Uh, so this, this is important. Uh, I, I think this is the, the correct answer. It's the correct answer under the more than AGI. And, and really what we're looking at, that farmer stands alone, or the husband, let's say, that's the farmer stands alone and his spouse stands alone. And remember, spouses can qualify for a program payment limit, too, or can qualify even though they're not actually working in the operation. So each of them are treated as two separate persons at the FSA office. So I'm fairly comfortable that this should be the correct answer. Again, we're going to try to get some clarification from FSA, even without the clarification. If if we believe on a separate property basis, if we don't get anything from the FSA saying that we're not correct, uh, we're going to go ahead and use our judgment. And remember, uh, that's what the FSA allows us to do is use our judgment in arriving at what is AGI, how is it split? Because, you know, we're the experts on doing the tax returns, not the local person at the FSA office. So those are some of the updates that I wanted to do on 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 this podcast uh, you know typically the podcast is is talking with farmers but when there's a, a new law that comes out or there's a you know cfap that comes out uh, etc you know we try to provide additional information that isn't just necessarily available in a quick blog post this is designed to provide a little bit more detail uh, so again last week's podcast was on the original The rules on it, Uh, this is more of an update. Also, the FSA has a website dealing with the ERP. There are some frequently asked questions there. Uh, That's where I got the information on the fact that in order to get an application, in order for you to get an application mailed to you, uh, you had to have a crop insurance indemnity claim. So, if you didn't get a crop insurance indemnity claim, then you would not necessarily qualify in phase one. You might qualify in phase two but not in phase one. And and my understanding is there's 10 billion allocated, 6 billion is sort of for phase one. Now, again, there's some uh, forage payments that were done earlier on. So I don't know how much payments were on that. The remaining, let's say three and a half billion is going to be in phase two. And that's designed to, to provide relief to those farmers that maybe they didn't get crop insurance, but they had some type of weather issue. Uh, so uh, just just, just something to be aware of. Uh, this is something that's going to take time. Uh, you know, my understanding is that th- these um, notices or applications, I'm going to use the word applications, are, are supposed to go out the end of May. I've heard that they'll start going out next week, which that's pretty much the end of May. It's the last full week in May. Um, so many of you will start getting these. If based on that application, you see that your payment is going to be more than 125000 and you not sure whether you qualify for the more than 75% from farming, I would certainly say reach out to your current CPA. If if you don't have a CPA, if you do it on your own, and remember you gotta have a CPA that, that writes that letter for you. You can't simply uh, sign off on that form yourself. So reach out to a CPA, reach out to our firm, whatever it might be. But uh, again, this has been the, Farm CPA podcast presented by Top Producer. I'm Paul Nefer, your host, and I look forward to uh, um, having a podcast in the near future. Thank you. Get timely updates about taxation, accounting, succession planning, and other issues that are unique to farmers and agribusiness processors. Find out about major agribusiness events and how to comply with new laws that affect your business. Subscribe to Farm CPA at blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness and experience the CLA promise. blogs.claconnect.com forward slash agribusiness.